All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted him in a downtime. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season at ZephyrEpic.com. That will get you $5 off your order. And our friends at Zephyr Epic, you can use them to go get yourself some Pokemon, some Magic, some hockey cards, some basketball cards, football, you name it, Zephyr Epic has got it. Use promo code HockeySeason, capital H, capital S, all one word. That will give you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic on all platforms. Go follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, all of the social media. Zephyr Epic is on them. And the best part of all, you've been waiting for it, folks. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50 from... From Merit... To Montreal. From Merritt to Montreal and all over Canada, Zephyr Epic ships free. So go check them out. Z-E-P-H-Y-R. Epic. 
on all platforms. We are also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I am joined, as always, by the man who built the place, wearing some sweatpants. And I actually complimented your hat as soon as we got in the car today. The, the San Francisco Giants hat, the orange hat, it's, it's a nice one. Yeah, thank you. Shout out to uh, Lachlan Urban. This is also... Um this is from this is like from California from yes uh, was AT and T Park not anymore probably eh that what that's what it used to be called when Barry Bonds was smacking him into the bay it's still called AT is it is it it oh no uh, it's T Mobile no that's Safeco is called that yeah now. it might still be AT and T AT and T is a pretty big company they probably have some naming rights on Where there is for it? a long Oracle time Oracle Park I think maybe might that Oracle might be San Park. Diego. No, no, that's Petco. Come on, I'm okay. a Padres fan. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay, well, that gee, up. I don't know. I feel like AT and T can probably still stick. They're a they're a big old company, a couple billion behind them in the bank. Probably they could probably be throwing some stadium money around. A little bit of that crypto money, like they're throwing around in uh, L.A. It's Oracle Park. I just looked. Oracle it up. Park. I was right. Yes, because okay. Oracle's got the jo- uh, the Warriors. What is Oracle? Uh, it's the it's the company. Yeah, but what is what does Oracle do? Because I've they got they got their names on quite a few things here. I have I've like I've never seen an Oracle device or like what Oracle does. I'm not really sure what the company's all about. Riveting conversation to kick off the show. But you know what's so funny is this is exactly what they want. They want you to yeah, damn to Google them right, and they want to know yeah. American multinational computer technology corporation headquartered in Austin, Texas. Well, that doesn't tell me much. All right. What do they make? There's an Oracle in Vancouver. Two really? Oracles. No, one's Oracle Mining. The other one is Oracle. So they're making all that uh, that interwebs money there they got. Yeah. That's some good stuff there. It's like a cloud thing. Okay. It's in the cloud, Have you ever bro. seen uh, Silicon Valley, the TV show? No, never. Oh, my God, man. Very good television show. Is it a comedy? Very funny television show. It's about like... Uh, a, a tech startup, but it's most it's all comedy. Oh, it's all comedy. JT wow. Miller's in it. What? No, it's uh, I forget the guy's name is similar to JT Miller. TJ Miller, I think that's his name. The actor. Ah, okay, something like that. Gotcha. Speaking of JT Miller and those Vancouver Canucks, this is the Canucks Conversation Podcast. So why don't we get into some Canucks talk? I don't think we have anything off topic to say. Well, I mean, yeah, this is the first episode since Christmas. We're going to talk about Christmas a little bit. Why don't we do that after we preview the road trip? Well, I don't know. I guess we don't want to jump back and oh, forth, right? Jeez, yeah. This is why we have a show planned, but neither of us thought to write Christmas on it. Well, I was thinking about it, and you know, I come in here. I'm looking to BS around for ten minutes or so, so that that commenter can uh, yeah, but that, skip ahead. I, I like. I don't want keep... the guy to miss all the Canucks conversation that he's looking. That's for. That's true. I guess people do know now. If you if you want Canucks talk, fast forward to the ten minute mark of our eight podcast. to ten minutes. Eight to ten minutes. That's usually where we actually start. So yeah, Christmas. How was your Christmas? It was it was great, man. I got three days off of just relaxing. It was just me and the girlfriend. Parent, you know, my parents were off in Hawaii, so that was nice. They got there safe and sound, tested all clear. They were getting worried because things were really cranking up, but they got out of town quick. They're living up in Hawaii. Didn't want to go over to the island because every single one of my friends on the island got COVID. Oh jeez. They were at one birthday party together uh, early, like a few weeks ago. Boom. Everyone at that party tested positive. Wow. So couldn't couldn't have seen any of them anyways. So I just relaxed, watched a bunch of Christmas movies, ate a ton of food. There was so I was like I wanted to like just weigh in like throughout the week, like the th- I called a week. It was three days. I was like weighing in, and my weight was fluctuating. I believe is is the word. Yep. My weight was fluctuating between like seven and nine pound differences throughout the day in like three days. Like I was gaining seven pounds one day, then I'd lose five. Then I'd gain three back. Then I'd lose six. Like I was, uh, I was moving like seven to nine pounds around throughout the three days. Wow. There were some times where I was feeling light. I was looking trim. I was like, I was almost back in the twos, which is, which is a lot for me. I was almost in the two hundreds again. Uh, but no, moving around seven, eight, seven, eight, nine pounds, moving up and down the scales. Some days I was packing it on. Some days I wasn't drinking a lot of cranberry juice. It was good. I enjoyed my time. I ate a lot of uh, turkey and appetizers and stuff like that. Cheese and crackers, charcuterie boards. I got my little cheese slicer that I wanted. That's very nice. Got one of those uh, massage guns that nice. uh, uh, the girlfriend, she's been punching that thing into my back. 
for for a while because you know my back gets sore from doing all the sitting on my stupid computer chair and typing away. Sometimes I used to get her to just punch me in the back when wow. I'd show up there. I'd just say, "Just punch me a bunch of times in the back. It feels good." Now I got the massage gun. There you go. So no more punching. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's good to hear. What about yourself? Your Christmas was uh, low key for you too. Cannot complain. We got to play some Warzone over those days, which was yeah, fun. that was super fun. Last couple days here, we've uh, last couple nights. Yeah, I haven't got a win, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, it was a good Christmas. Yeah, Can't but here's complain. the thing. We saw some guy watch. We were pretty close in the, the other day, you and me. We were probably like top five teams. We saw the guy get the win. That guy was trash. So that gave me hope that Dude, we can get a win. Game. I had eight yeah, kills. That was wild. You went off a little bit. I've, I've, go- I've been going off lately. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was a good Christmas. Can't really complain. And yeah, I hope all the listeners had a good Christmas as well. We got to stay safe and healthy. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody had a good holiday because uh, New Year's Eve coming up shortly here. So we'll talk about New Year's resolutions on the, on the next episode, I think, right? Because I sure. haven't even thought of it yet because they've closed my gym and that. I already got mine, but yeah, I'll save it. I'll okay. save it. I've mentioned it on the show before. Okay. Well, don't bring it up now. Okay. We'll talk about it next time. Harm is going to be here for uh, yes, there you go. For a New Year's resolutions episode. Oh, wow. We're going to be recording on New Year's Eve. Okay. Well, we got to do it early then. Yeah. It's not like I have any plans, actually. I can do it whenever. I don't care. <laughs> I literally could do it at like 11. I would I would like to have plans. Yeah, so I don't have any. We will, so. we will do it early. I'm sure Harmon's got something going on. Young young buck like that. Oh, yeah. Harmon? Fashionable individual. Harmon's got the rocks he rented out for the night. Yeah. And that athletic money. Yeah, must be nice. Must be nice. All right, let's hop into some Canucks talk here. Uh, we want to preview the road trip here. Hold on. What was the final thing? What was the best dish you had? Uh, like on your Christmas meal, what was the best thing that that popped the most that you kept going back for seconds, maybe even thirds? Well, turkey, but also my my Zia made meatballs. Oh, okay, the meatballs were really good. That's good. I go for meat like with marinara sauce and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Mine was my mashed potatoes. My mashed oh, potatoes are yeah. elite. I haven't tried your mashed potatoes. Yet. Oh man, and you keep talking. I put, about you know what I put in them this year? Mm. Different little mix, mozzarella. Cheese you mix in there, you make yep. nice little stretchy cheese mix in. But here's the kicker: eat them. Oh, eat them. Little little pungent cheese, a little bit on it. Interesting. Yeah, put a little eat them in there. Nice. I like that. Like Emerson, eat them. Close, but spelled Spell differently. differently. Yes. That and then you, the little trick here: a whole slop, the whole bowl, the whole round, whatever you want to call it, of the borson cheese. Oh. You throw that right in there, Isn't and it you borsin? just I don't know. Borson. You took French immersion too. Oh, I didn't know it was French. Borsin. Borsin. Isn't that how the commercials are? Borsin. I honestly have never seen a Borsin commercial. They they had the one where the guy took a little part of it and kept covering it up and trying to make it look like he didn't take oh, any. Oh, I remember that yeah, one. Yeah, right? And then his wife finds it. Yeah. Just dudes being dudes, man. Happens to the yeah, best of hap- us. That happens to all of us at <laughs> the charcuterie board. Yeah, you want to mix things up. Looks like you never showed up there. So. Yeah, hate when that happens. Hate when the wife catches me. Taking a bit of the borsa oh, each time. Yeah, she, well, good thing no one caught me making those potatoes. Put the whole thing in there. There you go. Yeah, okay. We, we've exceeded our 10-minute allowance of okay. non-Canucks talk. Although I did bring up Emerson Edom, so I think it counts. I said TJ Miller earlier, you too. You did, exactly. We talked about TJ Miller. A couple Emerson, little Canucks Edom. references in there. So, Derek, you can take that and shove it. Yeah, take that and shove it, Derek. Nice, nice little message to one of our loyal listeners. It's very nice. I think we should just close it out there. Thanks for listening to the Canucks what conversation. The 11 minutes in, we brought up Emerson Edom. Derek's going to be really confused. Yeah, Derek's Derek's like, what the heck's going on? All right, we can talk Canucks now. I won't interrupt Can we actually? We can absolutely. All right. Previewing the road trip here, Wednesday night. We're putting this out Tuesday evening, so people will likely be listening to it either Tuesday evening, Wednesday. Some people listen to us like a week later, which kudos to you. I appreciate that, that people do that. So Wednesday night, Canucks are kicking off their road trip. First game since December 16th against the San Jose Sharks. Chris, that feels like a long time ago. And when that game took place, the Canucks were 6-0, and and they had a lot of momentum going for them today. The Canucks practice today. JT Miller, specifically, was asked about that momentum and being 6-0 and and all that and how the momentum kind of is there. And he talked about how there's just not much momentum now because that was almost half a month ago, right? And... You know, he, he's, he made a point of saying, like, we have to approach it like it's another hockey game that we need to win. It's not a hockey game where we're like, oh, yeah, we can be complacent because we've got all this momentum. That's what he meant in the sense of there's not much momentum, right? So this would be a good test for the Canucks, right? Like, Anaheim is a good team. They're going to be missing Trevor Zegras, presumably, who tested positive for COVID. And 
isn't going to be available. So that's something to keep an eye on because we're putting this out Tuesday night. All indications are that the game will proceed on Wednesday night and that Trevor Zegers will be the only missing Anaheim Duck. But again, we're recording this Tuesday night. That could change. So, you know, keep your eye on Canucks Army because that's where we'll post all the updates and that sort of thing. A little shameless plug there. Yeah, for sure. And I think that... uh you hope there's just Zegers, but you've seen, and, and obviously we hope Zegers is going to be okay, but we've seen pretty positive outcomes from this uh, Omicron variant anyways and how it's affecting people that are double vaccinated. Sure, sure it's nice how much uh, double vaccinations are making a difference on how people are getting sick. But anyways, you hope that it's just him, but we've seen this happen a lot where one guy tests one day, the next day there's three more players, right? You know, it, it, so I, I'm worried. Like, you know, I was really positive looking at the games to to get some Canucks games action. And in the past week, obviously, we haven't seen that happen, but they flew down. That's something that it, uh, I guess you could take positive note. Like we saw some social media posts about Vancouver Canucks and them taking off in the plane, them landing on the plane. Looked like everyone was there. Looked like everyone was you know testing negative, which is obviously great news. And I think to see that was was a positive sign in the end anyways, that some that the game's gonna hopefully happen. The team's already down there, they've already crossed the border, gone down to California. It's quite the trip. And you would think that we're gonna start to see some games return to action. We've already seen some tonight, uh, getting back into action as well. But big game against Anaheim. Like if you think about it really, like all the teams that are in the playoff spot right now, specifically the ones out of playoff uh that are in a playoff spot from the Pacific division, Anaheim would be the team that if you want to be on team playoffs, that's the team that the Vancouver Canucks have to catch. They got to go up and catch Anaheim. These games against Anaheim that they're going to have throughout the rest of the season are huge. These games against Edmonton and Calgary, like the teams that you want to be able to catch in the Pacific Division, you got to start winning these games. 6-0 and is great, and you want to keep that record going, but 6-0 and is not going to happen every week. So you have to get these big, important games where points really matter. These are the ones you got to take two, and you got to take two clean. Like if you can get these wins on the road, It's massive for the Vancouver Canucks and the hopes of them getting into the playoffs. And under Bruce Boudreaux, they've obviously been a different, different group of guys. Like I, I don't know. And I text, I tweeted this out the other day, but like props to the Canucks social media team on like seizing the opportunity of how much fun it looks like these guys are having at practice and sharing that with their fan base, because you were at practice. You've been at practice since they returned quads. It, it does it just feel different under Bruce Boudreaux. Like guys are staying out late to go work on things. We saw the video that Harm tweeted out of uh, Pedersen and Huglander doing some work together. Which it just seems like there's such a different vibe around this team that it's like, yeah, I, I understand what JT Miller is saying about them potentially losing some momentum. But if you look around the league, nobody had such a positive throw into the break like the Vancouver Canucks, except for I think I think the Nashville Predators. I might be wrong here, but I think they were on a seven game win streak going into the break, uh, which Vancouver connects at six. I mean, still great, especially the the spot that they were in the changes they just made. So this game's massive. I think the Canucks are going to be coming out with a lot of energy just because of how they've been practicing together, being together and everything that's really gone on in the past couple of weeks of them just wanting into games. I'm expecting a big performance in the first period from them. I think they're going to come out with a lot to play for uh, specifically under Bruce Boudreaux and how he's changed his team so much. Yeah, absolutely. And like you asked me about the mood at the rink and it's there. It's there. And again, at practice today, Elias Pedersen, Niels Huglander were working on the one-timers late. You kind of touched on that a little bit and Harmon had the video, obviously. Um, it, was, it was good to see, man. Like they are staying out late. And I think the main thing is like, let's talk about Elias Pedersen, right? Because I just wrote the story about him today. Uh, he's at net front on the power play. So first of all, no more Alex Chase on on the first unit. So I think you and I are very pleased with that. Right. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like wishing we had a celebration button on the soundboard right now. I don't think we have anything to really celebrate. No, we just have a thank you, Jim button goalie goalie intro and a few other, yeah. other songs. We'll we work an empty button though that we can fill with. Something. Yeah, I could throw. Well, yeah, no, I'm happy to not see. And he was rotating today. Is that what I understand on the second power play unit? Chase on. Yes. Chase on was rotating in and out with Tanner Pearson on the second unit at the net front. Now, this did mean that Vasily Pod Colson was off the power play completely. Yeah, that's not great. I like Pod Colson on the power play, what he can bring uh, anyways to what the power play can look like. But if Chase on's rotating, but that means potentially he could be out of the lineup, right? Like we, we saw Highmore back at practice today. Wasn't really sure if he's, he's not going to return. Uh, not said he's not cleared for game action and he's going to have to keep in contact with John Sanderson 
um, to, to figure out but when soon. he's going to be. Yeah, I think he's going to go on the road trip. I think that's what Bruce said. Mm. So I don't think he's expected to play in these next three games, but he might. He's returning, um, I think, faster than expected was what Bruce said. And he, he's doing well. He's progressing well. So yeah, yeah, I think the closer we get to Alex Chase on out of the lineup, the closer this team gets to being faster, having a fourth line that you actually don't hate every time they're out on the ice. And and just worry, like, man, I don't know. I, I see Chase on skating around the ice sometimes. I just, that five on five, it's uh, it's not something I get very excited about. I, I would rather see a lot of other players that the Canucks have in that fourth line. And and I think we will soon. I think eventually it's going to just show that, you know, I think even like the answer to your question today uh, from Bruce Boudreau kind of, I hope is kind of the way that you look at Alex Chase on moving forward, where Boudreaux on the power play, like his answer to you about Elias Pettersson net front was like, yeah, you want to get your best skilled players on the power play, no matter where they are. Like he mentioned, Pettersson could be at the point. He could be at the half wall, the bumper. As long as he's a skilled player and chasing down pucks and going hard, that's what you want to see on your power play. And that's kind of what he said with, you know, didn't really say it, but that's what I'd like to see in a spot instead of chase on. Like that's why pod Colson makes more sense on the power play than a guy like Alex chase on where, yeah, chase on can stand in front of goaltenders, but he doesn't do any of those things that that Bruce Boudreau talked about today. And I think that's just the thing, right? Is Vasily Podkolzin has a future on this team, and I think that's kind of what the conversation between you and I has always been. Like Podkolzin's got a future on this team, and Chase on doesn't. Like, let's be honest here, Chase on doesn't have a future on this team, or at least he shouldn't, right? So develop pod Colson into that role. And I think he's going to do a fine job of it. If he's in the net front or, or in the bumper position, I think he's giving you a better chance to score on the power play than chase on is at least like maintain possessions and offensive things that the Boudreaux exactly talked about today. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I, we've, I think we've beaten a dead horse here. Talking about chase on being out of the lineup. I, let's get back to the Pedersen as net front. Like I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts about it are like, is he going to be just screening a goaltender the whole time? Cause that's kind of what your question to Boudreaux was, was asking about him kind of helping in the rotation of the power play. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I again, when I asked Bruce, the question, the question was Bruce, when you have Elias Pedersen on the power play at net front, is that partly because you know, he's so dynamic and can shift around and move, right? Like we've talked with our oily boys about how the Edmonton Oilers power play is so potent and what makes it so good. And it's that, all of those guys are always moving and can play any role. So when I hear Bruce Boudreaux say, even if Pedersen's at the point, it doesn't matter where he is. He's going to be effective. You need your skilled guys out there. If anybody makes a mistake on us, he said, I'm willing to bet money that not only are we able to retrieve pucks and outwork people, but also that if you give them an inch, they're going to score. And I think that's the kind of attitude that the Canucks power play needs. And I think it's one that they lacked before when they were just cycling pucks on the outside. Right. And Elise Pedersen was asked about it, obviously, again today. And he said, like, I think I'm pretty good at tipping pucks. And it's hard to disagree with that, right? So you've got him in front. You've also got his hands in front, right? Like, his ability to find pucks quickly and and maneuver through traffic, right? And stick handle in a phone booth, uh, if you will, right? So he's got the skill set to make him a good net front presence, but... He's also got that shot, and I think that was kind of the thing is people look at that and maybe say, why are we putting a guy with that kind of shot at net front? But he's going to be moving around. There's going to be rotation on this power play. There's going to be movement. It's not just going to be like chase on where he's only effective in front of the net and he has to stay there. It's getting these skilled guys and getting that rotation in. That's going to matter a lot to the Canucks power play. It's going to make them much more dynamic than if they had Alex Chase on in that same spot. Yeah, I guess the only thing that kind of worries me with Pedersen as like the net front is if you are in a typical net front battle, is Pedersen really the guy you want going up against the other team's big defensive defenseman just throwing cross checks into his back? Uh, I mean, with the way they're calling cross checks this year, I wouldn't worry too much about it because it is something the league's kind of cracking down on. If anything, I think he could draw more penalties than another yeah. guy would, right? I actually um, think of it that way, yeah. Yeah, but but no, your, your point's definitely valid because, you know, those net front battles don't always just consist of yeah, cross if you, checks. If you get away with a cross check or a little bit of extra pushing, it's Which in the net do. front presence for sure. That's yeah. where you're going to get away with the most. You're not going to get away with it in the corners like you do in front of the net. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, your, your point's definitely valid. Um, I just think Bruce Boudreaux's thinking on this situation is I, I do respect it. I think it's a good idea to have Elias Pedersen on that power play. And again, at net front, I don't know if that's the best spot, but 
I, I don't, I'm willing to see it before I dunk on it. You asked the question, did you feel like you saw a lot of like rotation and movement in practice? Cause I think when we see it in a game, it's going to be really interesting. Cause that's going to be the big question is the reason Pedersen there basically to be like, we don't, we're just going to rotate and trust in the skill instead of using a net front guy. Cause that's the way I kind of look at it. If you're going to so, look at it from like hitting its full potential, that would be it. So, you know, this isn't necessarily rotation like Patterson ending up at the top of the point, which I'm sure will happen at some point. But what I did see was he was coming out from the left corner. So if you're the goalie looking toward the shooters at you, I'm talking about the goalie's left. OK, um, so he was coming out of that corner and kind of along the wall there. And then he was going to the net front and he was kind of moving back and forth from there. So it wasn't like like I said, like with Alex Chase on. Oh, he's this great net front presence, but all he does is stand in front of the net because it's all he can do, right? But Elias Patterson obviously is much more dynamic, able to win those board battles, able to retrieve pucks, and that's going to matter a lot, right? And that's kind of what I saw. It wasn't so much rotating in the sense of like, oh, Bo Horvath's now at the net front and that type of thing. That wasn't what I saw at practice. It was more so just there was a movement from Pedersen and there was obviously movement from the other guys as well, but it wasn't dramatic in the sense of them rotating positions. And I think that was just a matter of let's get our positions down pat because this is new for us. I'm curious to see how that works with, I guess, movement from the net front guy to create like kind of two bumper scoring options i wonder how that would work because that kind of intrigues me a little bit to see how the canucks power play has definitely relied on the bumper position quite a bit obviously when bo horvat was in that spot but if you get two left shot guys going creates two different angles for teams to try and defend two other passing lanes that you have to worry about like i like that the way of looking at it as like two bumper guys or Pedersen just being able to be smart and find open passing lanes i think that's gonna it's going to be interesting to see for sure. It might not work. Like it might just not work at all. But what you kind of brought up earlier was like, you know what? The the hand-eye coordination from Pedersen does make a lot of sense to have him in front of net tipping pucks. And we've seen him like do a lot of really good things around the net. And I know that's something that's kind of come up in conversation. Definitely like, uh, you know, in conversation on Twitter when games are happening about like people whispering about puck goals and be, or I mean, Pedersen just being really good in front of the net and people like, you know, for a wiry guy, like he... He holds his own pretty well in front of the net and does a great job of having hand-eye coordination that's at a high level to tip puck. So it's it's definitely an interesting thing. It's not something I would have like thrown at the wall for the power play to come out of their break and work on, but trust in Bruce, man. Bruce, there it is. We're getting Patterson in front of the net. Yeah, and I wrote the story again. You should go check it out at CanucksArmy.com. Uh, I wrote the story about how a lot of this to Bruce is just getting Patterson more ice time and he needs to start getting involved. And, you know, Bruce said, he's like, you're, if your best players aren't going, you're not going to win. So we need to get him involved and he's a vital part of this team and he needs to feel important, which is why he's killing penalties, which is why he's getting this power play time. Uh, and it's a bit of a different philosophy than we saw from Travis Green toward the end. So we'll cut to break. On the other side, we'll talk about the other power play unit and we'll also talk about a few other things because Brad Hunt is on that power play unit. And that's something that kind of segues perfectly into your little article you did today about uh, Tucker Pullman. So we'll get to that and much more on the other side. Keep it locked. Keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation. Winter is quickly approaching, but wait, that means your favorite seasonal brew is back to cheer you up. The Tukes of Hazard is now available across British Columbia and Alberta in their government and private liquor stores. This extra strong brew has a whopping 9.2% alcohol, big hop punch, even bigger body and aroma, and just a touch of white haze. The Parallel 49 fan favorite is smoother than a freshly cleaned ice rink. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. And Chris, I wanted to touch on this before we move to the poll question and some other topics. Hey, first, first off. Okay. You got a small business and you'd like to sponsor the Canuck Conversation. We're looking for some uh, some new sponsors if, if people want to get on board for 2022. Yes. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, yeah, one of our listener, social channels. Local business. Our personal accounts, whatever. Hit us up. We don't have an email. Well, we have an email for Canucks Convo. No one checks it. Don't don't yeah, look don't email that. us. Send us a DM. Don't even yeah. Or exactly. Instagram, wherever you listen. Yeah, Instagram regardless, whatever. Or show up at Dave's house. How about that? <laughs> With yeah, a stack of cash. Yeah, all that. See, if you come to my house with a stack of cash, I'll welcome you in. No okay. problem. 
Anyway. He'll meet you at, uh, what's the new Pastor More called? I think it's going to be called Claudio's. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll he's at Claudio's every Tuesday, four o'clock. Yeah, bag, bring a bag of cash into Claudio's. It, it won't conflict with my other business. It'll look <laughs> <Yeah>. normal. <laughs> Small bills. Bring a bottle of uh, olive oil. <laughs> Can we there get to this now? Okay. Okay. Second power play unit. Chase on Pearson rotating at the net front. Connor Garland at the half wall. Nils Hoaglander in the bumper position. And Brad Hunt on the other wall with OEL roaming the point. Obviously, the big name there that we need to talk about is Brad Hunt because Chris, not trying to not trying to say anything bad about Bruce Boudreaux, but every coach has their Jason Magna, right? Ooh. Like every coach has their player who they had in a previous year, and they were like, "This is my guy," and everybody else is like, "This guy sucks." Like, what this are we is doing me and uh, on the NHL twelve video game with Mason Raymond. Mason Raymond and me in the EA Sports video games, he was so good. He scored so many goals for me. Off the rush, yeah. It was so easy to score. Oh. Oh. Anyways, okay, back to this. Brad Hunt, I don't really know if he has a spot in this lineup, but if he does, that'll kind of take away Tucker Pullman's spot potentially, which we'll talk about. We will talk about that later, not right now. But Brad Hunt on the second power play unit. Like, again, Vasily Pod Colson's not on that power play. And yeah. so he's playing. So Brad Hunt's playing on the half wall on the right side. Like in yes, practice, he was he's, there. He's gearing up for the one time. Okay, so this is this is like this is perfect. Pedersen, veteran Pedersen. What does he do? He sees Brad Hunt on the half wall. He he grabs Niels Huglander by the collar. He throws him over on the half wall. And he says, "You're staying out with me after practice. You're going to take shots from this spot. We're not letting Brad Hunt play <laughs> on the half wall in the Petter zone. If anybody's playing in the Petter zone, it's going to be you, Niels." So he throws Niels into the corner, starts feeding him pucks, telling him how to take slap shots. You know, and by this, by the by the end of more like pregame morning skate tomorrow. Huglander's going to be bar downing everything. <laughs> they t- they were speaking in Swedish too. Wow. So maybe it was so the, yeah. they didn't want Brad Hunt. Brad to Hunt's like patrolling saying. around trying to get in there. Hey, 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 I'm playing half hole. Maybe I can get a couple shots and Pedersen just. They're just speaking Swedish. Death glare. Like, Pedersen death glare. We haven't seen it in a while, but Brad Hunt saw it today. Also, to be clear, Brad Hunt's a really nice guy oh, and a gosh, really good pro. So nice. Like, yeah. we're, we're joking. Here. You know, that's the thing. I want Brad Hunt to get back in the lineup so we can have him back in the media because he's so great to deal with. Not only that, I want Brad Hunt to start Clapping one timers from the half wall. Yeah, like dude, if they just start me, running the offense through Brad Hunt. Dude, give me all the Brad Hunt. Like, give it, give it all to me. I will. I'm fine with like seeing a ridiculous amount of Brad Hunt in the in the next little bit here. Play him on the third pairing. Who's he going to play with? Maybe Hamannick. Yeah. Get him Shen, on the power maybe. play. Well, Shen's going to stay with Hughes. It looks like I think now. so. And you I know Shen's so. numbers with Hughes are actually really impressive. Yeah, like, they are. Not they a are. crazy amount of minutes, but 108 minutes, I think, they've played together a five-on-five. Five. So, like, a substantial sample size from them as a pairing. And playing with Shen has, like, improved a lot of the of the important analytic numbers for Quinn Hughes. Like, course, he expected goals, goals scored. Like, the numbers are really good under Shen. And it's like, yeah, maybe just a little flash in the pan. But, like, 108 minutes is... You know, that's that's a decent amount of games there together. That's a decent stretch. It's not a lot. It's going to definitely have to, like, continue on for a few more weeks of play to really think that it's actually something they can maintain for a season. But so far, so good with Shannon and Hughes playing together. And we'll talk about the opposite effect that playing with Tucker Pullman has had on Quinn Hughes and everybody else that Tucker Pullman's played with. But we'll get to that in a second. Just no, close no, up the no. conversation Tuck- on Brad Hunt. Tucker Pullman, his numbers with Kyle Burrows. We'll get to them later. Yeah, and I'm going to explain why those numbers Booyah. are good. All right. Anyways, um, to close up the conversation on Brad Hunt, yes, Brad Hunt on power play two. That was the other conversation of the day. The Canucks did not take line rushes, so it remains to be seen if Phil DiGiuseppe will come out of the lineup or if he'll slot in. Again, was called up basically as soon as the Canucks had their COVID outbreak, so never got any game action, but did get called up. Will be interesting to see with this return of bodies who's in and who is out. Brad Speaking Hunt on out. second power play unit, again, was coached by Bruce Boudreaux in Minnesota, and Bruce Boudreaux had some absolutely glowing things to say about Brad Hunt. When Brad Hunt got into his first game under Boudreaux, he said like he was great for us in Minnesota, and I think he can be great for us here. So will be interesting to see if uh, if if that happens because I think uh, Hunt did disappoint in that game uh, that he had under Boudreaux. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of happens there. Yeah, I think that give a guy who's a left shot defenseman maybe a little bit of a run. That that think about the defense core that Boudreaux has had over the six games. It's a tough look. 
Like if he's confident in, in a guy like Brad Hunt, absolutely play Brad Hunt on the third pairing with potentially Travis Hamannick now looking like he's close to returning. Hamannick today at practice, you saw him skating around, full skate, everything. It was tough because there was no line rushes, but I believe I counted all the proper skaters. And it was literally just me and Harmon at skate today. Like I got there five minutes late to practice. Typical quads. Actually, five minutes late is early for you. That's that's really early for me. But I was the only media member at practice. And then Harmon just comes up wearing also like the exact same outfit as me, which was very funny. And then Rob Simpson came up and was like, oh, were you guys going hunting after this? Because we were both wearing like dark green puffer jackets with like huge coyote pelts or furs or whatever. You're feeling it when when you're getting chirped by Rob Simpson. That's a a tough look. (laughs) Rob's a nice guy. But yeah, both fake furs to be clear. Uh, Actually, I shouldn't shouldn't dunk on Harmon. I don't know if his was fake. Mine, Mine was faux fur. Uh, regardless, that's that's aside from the point. We all know how much Harmon and I like our fashion, and how much you don't care. You guys were both wearing fur on your hoods today. Yeah, we both were sitting right next to each other. Well, we had a seam between us because distanced. But God, actually, you know what? I changed my mind. Thank you, Rob, for chirping. <laughs> all right, all right. Anyways, but yeah, my point being, I did say to Harmon, I was like, "Hey, everybody's here, right?" And it was so funny because I wasn't wearing my glasses, so usually I don't wear my glasses to the rink, and I kind of rely on other people to clarify things for me so when i was the only one i almost tweeted out i'm not wearing my glasses but i'm 90 percent sure alex chase on the ice because i honestly couldn't tell but as soon as Harmon got there i was like hey that's chase on right he's like yeah and i immediately tweeted it i was like alex chase on the ice so that's uh that's how the sausage was made on that tweet i almost tweeted out i'm not wearing my glasses and i'm pretty sure that's chase on what's this i hear about italians and uh and eating lentils and sausage on uh on new year's eve that's a thing. Hmm. That is a thing. It's not my thing, but it is a thing that does happen. Here, it's a hearty meal to get you set up for the new year. That's what I learned today. Yeah, not in my family. Okay. But I, I do know some Italians that do that. All right. Sorry, you said sausage. I went off track there. Yeah, no, it's okay. It happens. To so Hamannick looked like he was. He, we think he was on the ice today. We think he was on the ice. I wasn't wearing right. my glasses. <laughs> some real grade A reporting for yeah, the 21-year-olds today. Yeah, exactly. We, we were on... Never mind. Uh, let's talk about Tucker Pullman uh, because you wanted to bring up, you wrote a really good article up now at CanucksArmy.com about Tucker Pullman and the negative effect he's had on Quinn Hughes and every other partner he's played with, except for Kyle Burrows. And Chris, you understand this. I know you understand this, but those numbers only look decent because they've played against poo competition. Yeah. They've played against horrible competition. Our eye test, and you and I are the eye test boys, it shows that that pairing hasn't been good. That pairing's been a bit of a tire fire. Yes, they've played against bad competition. That pairing really struggles to move the puck, dude. Like, it's at the point now where when Travis Hamannick returns and you're going to have Jack Rathbone getting healthy here, and apparently Brad Hunt's the guy, right? Looks like power Brad play Hunt's, specialist. Power play specialist Brad Hunt looks like he's not going to be coming out of the lineup, and if he is, I think it's going to be for a Jack Rathbone on the left side. Kyle Burrows playing left side isn't going to be sustainable. It's not going to be something that we see for an extended period of time. So and not only the, to that point, you have options too. Yes, you exactly. have options with Rathbone and Hunt, especially if like you've been talking about how Boudreaux likes Hunt so much. If he likes Hunt, wait till he sees Rathbone. Exactly. I think he's going to really like him. I think Rathbone, once he gets in, he's never coming back out. Asked him about Rathbone uh, earlier in the week. Yes. He said he read an article about him, but he hasn't seen him play, hasn't heard about him yet. Yeah. So, so. he's either read Canucks Army or read The Athletics. He's either a VIP, yeah. paying up that Chang, or he's just sticking with Canucks Army in the free site. Yeah. Looking through ads and whatever else is <laughs> on there. Yeah. Our uh, podcast player on the side. Maybe he listens to the podcast. I hope Bruce listens to the podcast. Maybe. Maybe we should just name every podcast like, listen, Bruce, List, click this to listen, and then he'll see it when he's reading his articles. Oh, my gosh. We just do a targeted post for Bruce Boudreaux? Yeah. Bruce, if you're reading this. Jeez. You know, I'm looking at, uh, I'm on the Canucks Army uh, article right now. We got, we're getting ads from Chevy. Chevrolet? Yeah. Where's the Chevrolet money coming to me then? If I'm writing for a site, you got Chevrolet money. I haven't seen any of that. I'll I, do an ad for Chevy. I don't have time to explain to you how ads work, but we have we don't have a direct sponsorship with Chevy. Ridiculous, dude. <laughs> Get me a, a Chevy truck. Or, <laughs> I already I have a Chevy truck. 
I'll do the ads. Talk Did to you the, notice that? Talk like, to the higher ups who won't talk to me or don't know my name. Let Did them you know. know. Everybody knows your name. We're invited to the Christmas party again. The yeah, rescheduled. Christmas I'm showing party. up to that Christmas party. And what were you saying earlier about the outdoor rink? No, you're saying earlier about Edmonton Oilers. You were saying the Oily Boys and their and their potent power play. The only thing potent about the Oily Boys is their freaking shrimp smelling breath that they're eating shrimp from Alberta. I'm going to show up to that. I'm going to brawl the Oily Boys at the Christmas party for Nation Network just because of their names. It's going to be a whole. It's going to be a brouhaha, as Don Taylor would call it. They're all very nice people, and they all like you. You're the only one that you're. You're the cancer in this company. Well, I don't care. I I haven't liked the Oily Boys ever since I heard their name. I like the guys. Okay, I like the guys and gals and the girls, over there. Yeah. yeah, but I hate the name, so I hate them. I hate them too. Well, so that's how I feel on it. All right, and it's going to be like, an interesting. Once you get a couple, what about Caroline? Caroline's fed. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to hit a you, woman. You going to brawl Caroline? No, Sved? I'm not going to brawl Caroline. Caroline, <laughs> but once you get a couple shots of Crown Apple into me, the rest of the oily boys. <laughs> Coming for him. Oh my gosh, we're gonna get uninvited to the Christmas party. Fine by me. <laughs> Go over there. You got un- fresh uttering- shrimp from Alberta is what they're serving on the table. I'm not eating. Come on now. That was at a hibachi grill and it was very good. Yeah. Chris, well. Chris uttering threats on the podcast that's partnered with. Nation oh, that's Network. that's not a threat. That's what, a, that's, I'm going to brawl all the oily boys. Isn't a threat? No, it's a goddamn promise that <laughs> once I get in there. To this Christmas party, I'm going to have a serious conversation with the Oily Boys. Okay, let's get it back on the rails here. We're talking about Tucker Pullman. Yeah, sorry. I don't want to threaten anything because maybe I'm not going to brawl anyone. I'm not going to fight anyone, but I'm going to have some serious conversations if you pick up my drift with some Oily Boys and the stupid name. name. Oily Boys? Yep. I think that's a great name. I love it. Um, Tucker Pullman, borderline NHL defenseman is kind of what we're getting at here and a real indictment on Jim Benning if you needed another one. Right. And and there was a line in your article that I tweaked a little bit to make even funnier, but you wrote the line of for the Canucks to trade Tucker Pullman, all they need to do is find another GM who likes him as much as Jim Benning did. And that might be really hard to do. Like I don't know if there's another NHL GM that likes Tucker Pullman as much as Jim Benning did. Well, you know, I think I said it on the last podcast, like the smile on the agent of Tucker Pullman that day must have just been ridiculous. And yeah, I don't think that's the thing. It's like if you if I the way that I kind of wrote in the article is like, hey, if you're a team that's really desperate for a right shot defenseman, right, like really desperate and you just need a guy who can kind of round out the bottom of your of your defense pairing to play right D Tucker Pullman just can't be an option yeah. for that because he's got a four year deal, right? Like nobody is going to want to pay Tucker Pullman two point five million dollars right now from his play. Nobody's going to want to do it next year. No one's going to want to do it the year after that. And absolutely no one's going to want to do it in the fourth year. That's why this contract seems so ridiculous. And like, yeah, maybe maybe Tucker Pullman can find a home on the Canucks third pairing. But Luke Shen, I'd be pretty confident in being able to find a spot there, at least, you know, temporarily at his cap hit. I'd like to see Brad Shaw get an opportunity to play some more on the third pair. These guys that are making a lot less money. It just, yeah, you, you mentioned it. Like this is Benning's final, final hurrah was was signing Tucker Pullman to four years. Yeah, and final, it's not great. Final middle finger to the the fan base. Yeah, it's and to just, Francesco Aquilini because it's another contract that he's going to have to pay. Well, that's the thing. It's like if there's one thing that Jim Benning did like very very poorly in his time as a general manager, it was like sign depth veteran players onto your NHL roster for a long time. And it was like, oh, nice. You know, we just got rid of all those kind of right now. Or like mostly, we still have Tyler Myers, but he's playing playing pretty good. But you just got rid of like Beagle. You just got rid of Erickson. You just got rid of, you know, Brandon Sutter's big deal was down. And then it's like, oh, yeah, well, listen, I'm getting fired this year. You're going to remember me for the next four. (laughs) When you're thinking of the cap and you're thinking about what trade option they have and you're thinking of Tucker Pullman, that was Jim Benning's final hurrah, man. It's going to be felt for four more years. Four a, more years of Benning, baby. That's a great way of putting it. And if they buy him out, it'll be felt for even longer than oh. that. And that's <laughs> the thing. They what can't, an awful contract. Dude, they, My goodness. They can't buy him out next year either because no. that's like six more years. That's so funny. I, I can't even. Oh, That's that's such a bad contract. It's like hilarious. It's laughable. That's you know what? a fireable offense. In so itself. we're talking about it and we're saying like, 
I saw some people in the comments or people replying to my tweet about of the article. Totally, obviously, didn't read the article at all. They literally just read the title yeah, and yeah, started yeah. forming opinions. And they're thinking, oh, but like Travis Hamannick hasn't done anything. Like Travis Hamannick should be the guy sitting out. It's like, okay, great. So now this guy's making more money than Tucker Pullman and yeah. sitting out. And I'm sorry, but like Travis Hamannick, yes. Another signing by Jim Bennett. Yeah, exactly. But like, let's avoid that for a second because it's only two years long. But yes, I understand that Travis Hamannick has been had a very up and down season obviously with the vaccine situations that he's battled through uh, come out on the other side though, as a guy who's fully vaccinated, which should be a win for not only the Canucks, but society in general that he was double vaccinated now and ready to, to hop in on the Canucks and play some games here. Then the injury obviously hurts as well as he returns. But man, I'm when, when Travis Hamannick is playing hockey, he is clearly a better defenseman than Tucker Pullman. No doubt. Like consistently a much better right shot defenseman. Okay. So when Luke Shen is outplaying Tucker Pullman, he should be in the lineup, right? Yes. So when Tyler Myers is playing like he's playing, he should be in the lineup over, over Tucker Pullman. So who the hell's arguing against Tucker Pullman, not being in a, like not being a healthy scratch. Cause that's where no. he should be right now. People are arguing with the, the idea that the evil media is talking bad about a player. Right. They're like, Oh, you're taking, this is the new whipping boy. Now Tucker Pullman's a new whipping boy, dude. Listen, we're not like trashing him as hard as people. He's seem hilarious. To think. He's funny. I like Tucker Pullman. I like to, I, I, well, yeah, I have no problem doing Tucker Pullman. Yeah, he's great. He joked about how he's so excited to get to Vancouver because there's mountains. And I'm super happy for him. He's going to get a bunch of money. Yeah. Good for him. I'm, I'm happy that he's getting Aquilini's the money. The problem is he was brought in to be a guy who could potentially play with Quinn Hughes. Who, he can't do that. Who we forgot was with Oliver Ekman Larson for like all of preseason, all of training camp. Everything like it was all going to be that pairing moving forward didn't work out because he couldn't skate. He couldn't get the best out or he could skate, but he just can't move the puck with a top four defenseman. If you're playing in a top four role as a support defenseman, and this is like a thing that I think we're going to start to hear a lot of like support defenseman, right? That's what it should be called. The guy who's playing with a Quinn Hughes, the guy who's playing with a Kale McCarr, the guy who's playing with even like a Tory Krug, like these smaller puck moving guys who skate so well, they need to play with support defensemen. And to me, like Travis Hamnick is a very low end support defenseman, but Luke Shen is the same type of guy who's like a support defenseman, probably on the lower end of it. That's why I think a lot of people, when they look for like a right shot, they're like, oh, we need a top four right D. It, it is true. You just need a support right D defenseman to play with Quinn Hughes. You need the right guy. And it's like, you just need a better version of Hamnick and Shen like that though you just need a better version of that it's not the hardest thing to find like I do think that Jim Rutherford eventually is going to get that right shot defenseman who can play with Quinn Hughes because yes he kind of becomes like a first pairing defenseman at that point but you don't need him to be skilled on his own as a first pairing defenseman like right now Luke Shen is being made into a first pairing defenseman playing with Quinn Hughes Shen is clearly not a first pairing defenseman but you just need to be able to support and unfortunately Pullman just hasn't been able to be good enough at supporting his partner, which is obviously it's like it's like I said, like it's not asking a lot of you, but you still have to be very good at a few certain things to be a support defenseman. And the big one to me is, is just when you have time and space with the puck, you have to be able to make the pass. You have to be able to make that first pass out of your zone when you're playing as a support defenseman with the team's top puck mover because you're going to get a lot of opportunities. Teams are going to shade towards Quinn Hughes' side. They're going to force Quinn Hughes to make tough passes, but they're going to give him the option of sending it over to his support defenseman to make the pass, and Tucker Pullman cannot do that. He cannot make the pass out of his own zone, so this is the problem why he can't fit in a top four he could probably fit like Tucker Pullman could probably fit on a third pairing. And the argument that you could have for Tucker Pullman to stay in the lineup. If Hamnick comes back healthy would be to move Hamnick to the left side. That's where Hamnick played in the AHL. They wanted him to obviously work on being able to play on the left side. That was something that Trent call told us. It didn't come from the organization, but like why the hell else would Hamnick go down to the AHL and play on the left side? It makes no sense at all for that to just be like a Trent call decision on why that should happen. So, I think that they, they could go that route because we've seen them play Kyle Burrows on the left side, but Brad Hunt's there now and he's getting power play time. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It's just to me, when you look at it, like Shen's been good with Hughes, you probably want to keep him there. Myers has been good with OEL, probably want to keep him there. We're going to see Brad Hunt probably come in as a left shot guy in the third pairing. 
So if Hamannick's healthy, you have to make a choice between Hamannick and Pullman. And I'm, I'm going to take Travis Hamannick in that situation. And that results in the guy that just signed a four-year, $10 million contract being a healthy scratch, not even halfway into his first year. And that's just not a good situation. So I'm sorry that I can't turn that into a positive note for people that are saying that we're ragging on Tucker Pullman. But it's kind of hard when you're halfway into the season of the first four years and he's already in the conversation to be a healthy scratch. That conversation has been happening this whole time during this breaks, especially as the defense has been getting healthy and returning to play here. This is a serious conversation where, you know, four years on a contract, $10 million on it. And the guy is, could be a healthy scratch, not even halfway into the first year. That's tough. That's there's not a lot of positives you can take away from that. I'm sorry. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim. We'll leave it there. We'll leave the Tucker Pullman conversation there. We will see what happens when the Canucks defense court continues to get healthy and what Bruce Boudreaux elects to do. Because like you said, I don't think Luke Shen's coming out of the lineup, nor should he. So until that kind of, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Until that's no longer the case, I don't think we're going to see Luke Shen come out of the lineup. Let's get to our poll question, Chris. Our episode 225. If he's going to play good, leave him in. You know, when Shen starts to fall off, then maybe move Hamannick up to play with Hughes. Because that's like an option, right? And that's something that we've seen in the past. Maybe move Hamannick up up there, and then if if Shen's play isn't good, he can go to the press box a little bit, and then Pullman can come in. It's not like I'm saying Pullman needs to be thrown on Exile Island right now. It's just the situation that's occurring right now at the Canucks defense has Pullman as not one of the top six guys. That's just as simple as it is. And I, I couldn't believe the backlash from people on this, like saying that Tucker Pullman like needs to be in the lineup. Tucker Pullman, he got him on four years. He's just learning how to play. Yeah, but okay, but if he's bringing your team down from other guys that could be bringing the team up that will have to sit in the press box to let Pullman play, like, come, that's trash. Throw that trash out, man. Like, if if the guy's going to be, man, I don't know. I think I've said my piece on Tucker Pullman. I think you have. I think I'll shut up enough. for a bit. Okay, yeah. do your thing. We get to the poll question. Our episode two twenty five poll question brought to you by Blue Orca Sports Memorabilia at Fuel the Fan. Go check them out. Lots of good stuff still going on at Fuel the Fan. Go check them out at Fuel the Fan on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Go check them out. Lots of good stuff going on at Blue Orca Sports Memorabilia for all your sports memorabilia needs. Go check them out. So. Who are you most excited to watch in the get your, uh, get your early Christmas shopping done for next year? Yeah, there you go. You know, put a bank, a couple of those birthday parties. Uh, you know, you've obviously want to buy stuff for yourself as well. Valentine's Day. There. Yeah. Valentine's. Or as I call it Valentine's Day. Goodness. Valentine's. It's the time of Valen. All right. All right. Enough. Um, yeah. Lots, lots of good stuff at Blue Orca Sports Memorabilia. Go check them out. It's not just Canucks. It's not just sports memorabilia. So go check them out. They got the little Robert De Niro signed photo. I thought that was really cool. Go check that out uh, at Fuel the Fan on Twitter. Go check it out. You can kind of look. I've said check it out like eight times. So you get the idea. Go, Sound like Will I Am. Go look them out at Fuel the Fan. What did I just say? Look them out. Yeah, I think I did. I think I did say look them out. So yeah. Hey, we all have our slip ups on. We here. all have our slip ups. I haven't screwed up my own name yet. So we'll see if I ever get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. I've been a, c- a couple times on radio. I've been pretty close. <laughs> As we're like wrapping up a three hour radio show and like we'll be going in the last break and like we're doing great, man. We haven't messed up that much. I think we've like been flying through the show and then it's like we're all puffed up. They get to the last little bit and I almost Chris Fabier. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Who are you most excited to watch in the Canucks return to action under Bruce Boudreaux? Elias Patterson, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes. And as always, I'm angry. Chris, so far leading the vote. 60% of voters saying Elias Pettersson, 19% saying Brock Besser, 15% saying Quinn Hughes, and a few write-in votes for Vasily Podkolzin. No, like I put out this poll question because I thought it would be pretty even. I'm a little surprised to see Pettersson that high, to be 100% honest. Like, I think that has to do with him playing that front today and okay. kind of a lot of the conversation today at the media availability being... Pedersen speaking, uh, being Boudreaux speaking about um, the increased role for Pedersen and how he needs to get Pedersen going if they want to win games. Uh, I think that's kind of why. I think people are pretty excited. I I, I look at it and it's like, okay, if you look at the Canucks roster and the players and their stars, the three guys that we mentioned today, like 
to me right now, especially this season, and, and even under Boudreaux, it's gotten even better with the point production. But like Quinn Hughes is an elite level defenseman in the NHL, and he's playing like it. Like you could say that Elias Pettersson is one too, but he's not really playing like it right now. As much as starting to turn the corner, and hopefully we do see that down the road. Like I'm most excited to see Quinn Hughes move around on the ice, pass the puck, and continue to just develop offense when he's on the power play or just in the offensive zone. Like I'm excited to see Quinn Hughes the most for for my guy. And yeah, Pod Colson would be my write-in off. You know, you know, I love watching Pod Colson. I don't care if he's playing and uh, I don't care if he's playing pickup basketball. Like he runs funny too on, on the basketball court. Hmm. Little waddle. I didn't know that. Yeah. But also, like, did you? I don't know. Hockey players just kind of walk weird. They got such big old legs. Quinn Hughes has a very weird walk. Yeah, I think someone they... saw this on the Canucks TikTok. Like, the Canucks did a TikTok of players arriving to the rink, and the comments were like, "Please tell me Quinn Hughes doesn't actually walk like this, <laughs> folks." I've only seen Quinn Hughes walk around the rink, but that is exactly how he walks. Yeah, and Pedersen too. Pedersen. Uh... Pedersen's got a nice walk. Oh, what really? I think so. He's got I think a nice in that strut. video. Okay. Strut, See, you say. Niels Huglander slip on the ice today. Almost, at yeah. At the airport. Yeah. Those guys are going to arrive in Anaheim wearing like toques and, and I was going to say, yo, if that would have been, you know, if that's Brent Sopel. He's like, he's out six weeks with a fractured pinky or something like, oh, geez. you know, if the Canucks are, are not in a good spot right now, it's just like, oh, Niels Huglander slipped coming off the plane today. He's out <laughs> six to eight on the torn ACL. Months. Was going on the plane. That's what's so sad. They hadn't yeah. even left the left the city yet. Dude, well, you know what? Because I saw that I saw that video, and like just like the worrisome person that I am, I was like, oh god, clip of them walking away from the plane. Shut it down. Somebody's got COVID. The whole thing's not happening. Because <laughs> I was like, they're walking away from the plane, but it's still snowy, so it's still in Vancouver, and like doing all that that meme where he's tying all the things <laughs> together. I'm like, you can see the mountains in the back. There's there's still snow on the ground. There wouldn't be snow in Anaheim. They're walking away from the plane. I'm thinking, I'm like. They canceled the season. The Chris, whole season's Chris over. Chris throws out a report. Be like, I think another player says positive. It's like, oh, what's your source? They were walking away from the plane. Yeah. As if there's not I, more than one plane at YVR. That's just the first thing that, that <laughs> threw me through a loop. And I was thinking, oh, gosh. You've been on a plane before, right? A couple planes, yeah. So I don't know if you take off from Nanaimo. I'm assuming that's the case. But at YVR, there's always other planes on the runway. But the only place Nanaimo goes to is Calgary. Really? Yeah. Wow. So get where, the guys out to so the rigs. So if rigs. you fly places, do you have to take the ferry to YVR? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, that sucks. Yeah. There's you, probably a flight to YVR. There must be, right? I think so. I think a I've taken one. Yeah. At YVR. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Sure. I short took one to uh, G. Oh crap! I forgot the name of the city. Where's uh, Travis Green from? Castlegar. Castlegar. So I had a union conference in Castlegar. Yeah, I went from Nanaimo to Vancouver to Castlegar. Nice. Great little flight. Couple bags of uh, pretzels. Yeah, I like you. Travis you green know I love my pretzels. In the Boston pizza and whatnot. Yeah. There, all of the different Travis Green jerseys yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. Castlegar's very own. Oh, good place. Went to the recreation center. They had a local band playing. Nice. They played Nickelback by request. It was, it was awesome. It was a great night. It was a really oh good my night. Gosh. Good old Union uh, gathering. Shout out to unions out there. If you want to start one, hit me up. If you want to start one at Canucks Army, <laughs> talking to coming. all the other writers, if you're listening to this, I knew that hit was me coming. up. Oh, my gosh. We will unionize Canucks <laughs> Army by 2023. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, prospect report. Do you have anything for us? Yeah, a little bit on. I mean, Zodiac, listen, the skating doesn't look good, man. If if you want to cut it right down, listen, the goal was good. Nice to see the hands. And I think his hands have like, I don't know. Like his hands look like they've improved. The only thing that's kind of hurting me watching Zlodia up here is like everything that I've liked about him. He's like doing the opposite. Like I, I really liked the way that he was so aggressive and looked so good defensively. But now it's like he's a he's he's more of like a scorer. And I think that's sort of changed with him playing in the MHL for so long in the VHL where he was supposed to be a scorer. The things that I liked about him was watching him play at U18s with, you know, a lot of a lot of just aggressiveness in his game. And I was kind of expecting him to not have, like, the same kind of, like, rat mentality that Arvid Kosmar had. But I thought he was going to be really relied on to be, like, a guy out there killing penalties for them, taking big face-offs for them for Russia. And it's almost like he's trying to be more of a scorer and find a lot of these open spots on the ice where he can just be the guy on the line to score goals. I, I just think he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. Um in in his own zone a little bit. It's just it's weird because like a lot of things I liked about his game, I haven't seen this tournament at all. 
but he, he's looked okay. Like he hasn't looked bad. He got player of the game the other day for Russia, which was great. It's just, it's yeah, it's not the same type of player that I've seen him play. Uh, I guess in some of the Russian leagues, which is probably fine. I'm sure he has to adjust his game to play at the world juniors, but it, it's just a little strange. It's throwing me off watching him play. Cause he doesn't look like the same player that, that I've watched in Russia. If that makes sense. Hopefully that it makes does. sense. It does make sense. And again, we're talking about Canucks prospect, Dmitry Zlodiev. I always think it's important to kind of remind people which prospect we're talking about. Dmitry Zlodiev. Yeah. Or as they call him on the broadcast, Zlodiev. On, on the broadcast? On the broadcast of the game. Oh, the actual. Zlodiev, because oh, okay. that's how his name spelled in like a bunch of Russian sites. And Zlodiev. There's no extra Y at the end there. I like Zlodiev. I call him Z. Better. I was talking to him yesterday. Big Z. Talked to him yesterday about what it means to score for uh, for Russia. He was jacked up, man. His country. Scoring I love, a goal for his country. I love when he uses the word comrades oh, in, his, in his answers. It's my I need favorite. another long And I never edit it out when you write it in articles. And it's like, it's incredible. It, it helps me to know that I'm I'm leading my comrades to victory. I'm you know like, how there's I know? no way I'm editing that for clarity. So like a lot of the conversations I have with him are just through text, right? Yes. Like, from just talking to him like I because I don't I've only heard I think we did one over the phone or like through a video call and it wasn't great and he said he's more comfortable just writing stuff out because his phone autocorrects but I know that he's not using a translator because there's no way it would translate to comrades of course it would, it would no it would translate to like friends or something no I think it would call co- you think that comrades I think that's why he writes comrades oh I don't think that I think that's is. the case we gotta ask him no one because day. like he'll send a text and he always corrects himself if he said something wrong so he know like he knows when something's spelled interesting wrong. so he knows English he clearly does because he'll send something and then he'll he even does like what I do when I like send like if I send a text wrong I'd put it up and I put the little star on top of the letter to be like that's what I meant to say yeah and that's what he does. Wow. Big Z. But he was pumped. He was, he was pumped to score for Russia, man. Yeah. So uh, all the best to him as the tournament goes on. Yeah, that's the thing about the World Juniors. It's just like, you know, we saw a 12-2 game today with Canada and Austria. Uh, you know, four goals from Connor Bedard. Kid's unreal. But the first, like, five days of the tournament, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Like, you know, it's been okay. Like, there's been a couple of good games. Like, you watch one or two games, but, like, you don't you don't need to watch Canada and Austria play. The thing is, you know, Connor McDavid at 16 years old, four points in that tournament. Connor Bedard tonight, four goals. Like, that's, you can't really undersell that. I know it was against Austria. Also, that goalie for Austria is a better goaltender than Yaro Askarov. Uh, I'm not even going to start on that. I was going to say, if you want to have a run with Askarov here, like we have, no, we have some time for no, a goalie. I'm not, I'm not talking about Askarov this week. Yeah, yeah, this a, is the first time I've ever heard you deny wanting to talk no, about. No, because I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm not going to bother. There's an article dropping tomorrow on Daily Faceoff with me and former Canucks legend Mike McKenna. Uh, did a little Q&A with him today. Got a jersey, never I, got a game. Him and I talked a lot about uh, Yaroslav Askarov and what he kind of needs to improve on. Look, this is a good prospect, folks. He just... He has a lot of flaws, and a lot of them have been masked by playing for Ska. And, you know, people are starting to realize it, I think. Uh, it's not just a case of this is a really good prospect who's just having a bad World Juniors. It's a case of... Third World Juniors, too, isn't it? Yes, it is. Ooh. And this is this is more a case of a player that I saw in his draft year and said, why is this guy a first-round pick? Like, what are we seeing here? And everybody else screaming at me and just saying, no, no, he's really good. He's really good. Look at his save percentage with Ska. Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of, this is a prospect that I've watched a lot of, uh, and all of the flaws that I noticed in his game are just being magnified instead of mass. I thought he looked pretty good in slow with Ska though. Like actually watching him play the games above yeah. the save percentage. Like I thought he looked really good. Yeah. But, but the thing is right. Pucks don't stick to him. Rebounds don't usually, they don't get those second chance on chances on rebounds the way they are at the World Juniors, right? A lot of those are cleared off. I had someone describe him to me when I was talking about him as a blocker. He just blocks shots. He doesn't make saves. He blocks shots. Um, That's what, like, pucks don't stick to him. Pucks are just all over the place when there's rebounds, and he just doesn't have a really good feel for it. And again, a lot of it just goes back to his wide stance, and that's all oh, the man, big moves, root of his issues. He moves his hands so good. Like, no, he, he just doesn't. moves so no, well. No, he doesn't. He's moving laterally. He moves so quick. Yeah, he does. He has great, great quickness. That's what I'm He's saying. Like, he looks assets. super quick, man. But, some of the uh, saves I've seen him make, like the acrobatic stuff that he did in the K, yeah. those are some special saves. Where he blocked the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't saying. have control of it. He doesn't have. I'll get him a goalie coach. Think, think of how many saves you see Thatcher Demko make like that. Not a lot. Not a lot. 
because he's really technically sound and he's doing everything correctly. When you're making well, then saves teach like the kid. that, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm saying he's gonna have to get taught, and he's gonna. There's there's been goalies like Igor Shesterkin is one who moves so well and had to kind of reinvent himself. No, none other than Andre Vasilevsky. When Vasilevsky got here, Russian goaltender, super wide and low, had to really change his stance. There is not an NHL goaltender out there, Chris, where you can't see their crest with how they're bent over. It's something they worked on with Mikey DiPietro here in Vancouver was mm, that he yeah. was bent over like that. Right now, you look at Askarov's stance, you can't see his crest. You can't see the flag of Russia or whatever's on their actual crest of their jersey. You can't see his crest because he's bent over too much. It's not people, sustainable. People are going to be mad that you didn't hit the goalie intro segment here. Whatever. People love the, people love the uh, intro. Yeah, I like the intro too. You didn't even play it. No, I didn't play it because I wasn't expecting to go off like this. I hope that people come at you for this. Whatever. This, this last little moment here because you said you didn't want to talk Askarov. You didn't hit the goalie you intro me after on. I queued up the goalie intro for you. You didn't on. play it. I am making a call to people to come at you for not Whatever. playing the goalie intro that I stayed up till 3 a.m. <laughs> one night making. Do you want me to play it? Yeah, okay. I think people would appreciate it. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he shouldn't. He shouldn't have done that public knowledge. That's uh, that's a big no no. I don't know. You know, I, I can't really give the time and date, or else I feel like Nona's shoe will be flying across <laughs> North America, ready right to hit me in the head. I think we spent half an hour talking about a backup goaltender. All right, get out of here, Woodley. All right, Favors going to be Favors going to be very pissed. So, you know, I don't like to say bad things about goaltenders. Fun fact, Chris, in that intro, when I say, you know, I don't like to say bad things about goaltenders, that clip is over a year old. I was talking about Askarov. This is not Canucks goaltender? No, that was Askarov. I was talking about Askarov in that clip. And I said, I don't like to say bad things about goaltenders, which I don't, especially 19-year-old kids. I don't like to talk bad about them. I don't Mm. like to say this prospect isn't as good as everybody thinks, but I am telling you, with Yaroslav Askarov, this prospect is not as good as everybody seems to think. Cut. And that's that. That's all my goalie segment. It's funny because like, I just knew. I just knew in my heart of hearts that if I just said Askarov's name, I could get you going on him. <laughs> Whatever. Like, I knew. You can't resist it, Quads. Well, you can't resist talking about Askarov. Whatever. You're obsessed with him. Whatever. You're obsessed with his failure. You want him to fail so bad so that you're so right. I don't want him to fail. I think he's actually made improvements from this World Juniors to the last one. All right. Anyways, it's all going to be on Daily Last Face thing, off though, What do you think about this Ivan, Ivan, Ivan? This player at the World <laughs> Juniors named Ivan, Ivan, Ivan. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. That's a great name. You know That's what we're going to see like years name. from now? It's going to be Yager, Yager, Yager yes. from this Czechia team. Yes. Have you noticed the Czechia? They're wearing Czech Republic jerseys. It says Ooh. Czech Republic on it. Nice. Not Czechia. No, I like that. They couldn't get the... <laughs> the jerseys for this massive tournament figure I didn't out? notice that. I honestly didn't notice that. But I, what I did notice, 50-year-old Yarmir Yager yeah. putting up points still in the Czech Republic. Taxi squad's coming back. We see this in the NBA. The veteran players getting to plug and play. Someone signed Yarmir Yager. I saw someone. Is it Richard Jefferson who's on TikTok big time? He announced that he's coming back to the NBA on TikTok. That's so funny. I, I didn't I, I have no clue. On a ten day uh contract in the NBA. That's very yeah. funny. Oh, yeah, I have no clue. Honestly no idea. But yeah, somebody get on it. Sign Yarmir Yager. Taxi just to a taxi squad. Just to a taxi squad. He's good in the room. You can yeah. plug and play him when you need to. He's gonna bring energy to your fourth line. I'd rather have Yarmir Yager in this lineup than Alex Chase on. Dude. So would I. Same cost, probably. Hopefully. PTO man. Unless you bet what's the Yager situation is like he owns that team. He only plays home games on weekends or something like I that's. No I think that's the situation with something Yager. like that. I have no Which clue. Is awesome. That's so so badass. Yeah, I love it. All right, we'll close it out there for Chris Faber. My name is David Grigelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation, delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?